Welcome to episode number 110 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown. Joining us every week by Brett Colson, where we go down all the big bets, all the big happenings, all the big news here in the gambling industry. You can find us on the Twitter machine at the Lions US at PlayPix US. You can find us on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google. All of those we are available. So please go in, subscribe, rate, and review. We do appreciate all of your support. Helps us climb those charts and more people will find this very podcast here. Brett, we're going to talk about a lot of golf today. Golf seems to be the big news. We're going to talk about the memorial for the majority of the podcast. Close things out here. Tiny, tiny bit of baseball, a little bit of World Series of Poker stuff going on as well. But uh, really, it's it's all about golf right now. And it's really all about golf, Brett, because we get the return of Tiger Woods this week. Uh, first tournament for him since we are getting back to play after the hiatus due to the pandemic. And there has been a lot of buzz. Now, typically something like this would have called for a millionaire maker over at DraftKings on the DFS side of things, but they've been running a damn millionaire <laughs> maker every single week because uh, golf is the only thing that's really going on and the only thing to play for. But uh, lots of buzz around this one with Tiger coming back. Do you think they could have filled a $2 million maker with Tiger's return this week? Like the, the money coming in on Tiger at DraftKings is wild. The guy hasn't played in months and everyone wants a piece of Tiger. I'm not surprised, obviously. I mean, this happens every time he plays, but yeah, people, people want a piece of Tiger this week. It is going to be interesting. We'll break down that whole tournament and how we see things going here um, in just a second. But let's, you know, let's look back just a week here. Workday Charity Open played at the same course they will be playing at this week. So back-to-back there at Muirfield. And Colin Morikawa wins in a playoff against Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas was looked to be walking away with the win there late on Sunday. And if you guys were watching, you were watching online because you were not watching on television because they had to go early. They wanted to dodge those some big, big rain uh, cells that were coming in a little bit later in the afternoon. They didn't want to have to delay this thing and play it on Monday. So they shotgun started early. And, and Brett, this is like one of the things here for me, maybe one of the most head scratching there is. I understand that there's television contracts to be honored. I understand all the stuff like that. But I mean, given the circumstances, right? Like given where we are in the state of sports right now and given where we are in the lack of options for sports fans out there and then you were being results oriented here, but then given the way that this thing played out, I mean, the missed opportunity here from be it CBS or the Golf Channel or wherever this would have had to air is just insanity to me. I don't know who the blame goes to here. Is it CBS? Is it the tour? Someone needs to figure this out. And like you, like I, like you, like you said, I understand the weather and the schedule changes to complicate the broadcast because you have to push other programming off the air and then you got unhappy sponsors and ad buyers. I'm sure it's a mess, but at the very least, let people know where they can find the broadcast when they see that the golf started early and they tune into CBS only to find bowling or lawn darts or whatever the fuck was on tv at that time like the messaging has to be better for your audience and the other thing i actually pay for pga tour live i couldn't even watch the conclusion of the tournament there like they shut down the feeds on pga tour live after the featured holds finished that that's absurd like what happens this week if you got the same problem on sunday and they're expecting some nasty weather again this week and tiger is in the final group you're just going to have right. a delayed broadcast on CBS again? They, they have to do something here to figure out uh, like a plan if this happens. 
Hopefully this past week got them into some meetings to figure out a contingency plan here because, as we mentioned, they go into the final stretch here. Colin Morikawa looked like he was dead to rights, ends up stringing together three spectacular holes, hitting a huge bomb putt after Justin Thomas had hit a huge bomb putt to keep things going, and Colin Morikawa was able to get that win I will go ahead and do my victory lap here. Brett, we are on a heater of sorts when it comes to golf. I hit the Colin Morikawa outright here, 33-1. to Full disclosure, this is not like the Webb Simpson outright where I had a couple hundred bucks on him, so that one was a massive hit. Um, I only had 50 bucks on Morikawa here, but even at 33-1, to that's still a pretty nice hit on an outright. Had Justin Thomas in every single head-to-head that was available, um, so it was a very, very profitable Workday Charity Open here for us on this thing. And of course, we're going to be running it back here at the same course. And, you know, I think one of the things we learned here, and maybe this will carry over a little bit when we talk about this, was the reason I was on Morikawa. Morikawa was, uh, you know, a guy that had, if you're a golf fan anyway, you were certainly high on Morikawa. Skill set is amazing. Iron play is just absolutely crazy. We've talked about it here on the podcast about what I think about Morikawa and his iron play. And it, it definitely saved him this past week. But, you know, one of the things we we talk about, it, we talk about DFS more than we even talk about it in, in sports betting, but it does play a role here was the fact that he was coming off his first missed cut since he joined the, the Pro Tour. He was actually only behind Tiger Woods as starting off his career as far as making cuts. And what we're able to find is a guy that has been incredibly consistent, incredibly solid, coming in at prices where, you know, uh, uh, our friend over at our sister site at legal sports report adam candy got it 30 as high as 39 to one where i got it 33 to one and you know we talk about recency bias from dfs standpoint but it is available and it is live and well in sports betting as well and certainly something to try to take advantage of when you can spot those opportunities yeah it was a great read by you on morikawa and that bounce back off the missed cut and justin thomas fit into the category as well also coming off a missed cut in his previous tournament he missed the cut lat in his last appearance at, at Mirfield village too like golf is a fickle game things can turn quickly week to week and that's why you have to look at a large sample to analyze golfers determine who is a good fit this week regardless of their recent performance and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll try to identify some players for this week using that same philosophy. So there was a big story here on this tournament this past week. Someone else had Colin Morikawa <laughs> in an outright, and it was a string of bets that ended up totaling over a million dollars at Bet Rivers. And uh, Brett, if you were wondering if this guy was happy about it, all you have to do is head to his Twitter feed where he has patted himself so hard on the back that I can surprise he has a back left anymore. But, um, you know, listen, nonetheless, he did uh, on a string of bets here, get over a million dollar win on Colin Morikawa. And, um, you know, look, I think this is where we always come into this with a caveat, right? I mean, you're not going to win a million dollars betting golf very often. You're not going to become a millionaire betting outrights and betting these kind of very long shot, crazy plays and stuff. And look, this guy posts tickets all all the time on Twitter. And, you know, it's we've talked about this several times, right? I mean, the, the glorious thing about Twitter is you can only post the winners and not post the losers, right? So, I mean, you can always look like you're a, a gigantic winner. Hell, if I only posted my winners, people would think I was a freaking millionaire or whatever. But that's just not the case. You know, there's 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 losing tickets that go along with it as well but I mean this was confirmed that he actually did 
uh, make these bets and that it actually did happen. And, uh, you know, good for him, I suppose. Yeah. $4,000 on Morikawa first round leader. That was at 50 to one odds for 200 grand. Then he had Morikawa plus 750 to finish top five. That was a $28,000 bet for 238K. And then Morikawa to win the event. He got terrible odds on Morikawa to win plus 2,800. But $10,000 bet, another 280K. I think he hit another uh, UFC bet, maybe some soccer to put him over a million for the weekend. But pretty ridiculous the question is now how does a book react to a hit like this especially bet rivers and this was the biggest hit at bet rivers since uh legal sports betting uh, started in the u.s again outside of nevada i saw a tweet from dave sherapan who's a who's a former odds maker at cg technology in las vegas he said this is going to lead to adjustments to betting limits at bet rivers because uh just seeing what he wrote here he said, it's going to take a while to recoup those numbers. But if that's the case, why are you accepting those bets and exposing yourself if you're not going to be able to recover without changing the way you do business? That makes no sense to me. Yeah. I mean, again, without knowing the inner workings of what's going on here, this just leads me to believe that maybe this guy isn't long-term profitable, right? I mean, like maybe they're very open to taking these type of bets from this guy right. because you know, these, how many, how many tournaments in a row has he made these, these, you know, crazy big bets on these long shots. And, and obviously they don't come through one person wins a golf tournament, right? I mean, like you're, you're literally firing bets like this, whatever, there's 133 people in the field, one person wins, right? I mean, so one person leads after day one. I mean, there's just like, there, there's so many ways that these bets can go sour and so many ways that these bets can go bad that it leads me to believe that maybe this guy's not a long-term winner, which is why you're open to accepting this type of action and why you continue to take this type of action from a player like this. But again, I'm just speculating. I don't know. I yeah. mean, I, I, it, if, if I'm the bookmaker, I know here, actually not even here in Vegas. I mean, look, a lot of places you're not going to see, you know, those types of bets being taken just from, just from, just from anyone. Right. I mean, there are certain type of players they're going to take those type of, of bets from. And I don't know, maybe that guy falls into that category. Another impact here is the thousands of people who are now going to be tailing his bets every week now that he's hit this million dollars. So, I mean, that could that could impact markets. Not greatly, but I mean, it could move things a little bit. Um, just pretty fascinating to see something something like this that can have a domino effect across the industry. Yeah, I mean, I'm not calling this a parlay pat situation <laughs> or anything like that, but I mean... This guy, uh, kind of like Parlay Pats was, I mean, this guy's like screaming from a mountaintop yeah. that he wants publicity. I mean, like literally, literally, if you go down the Twitter feed and I don't want to give any publicity or anything like that to to this, because again, I don't, I don't know the guy. I don't know the situation. And certainly I don't know what his long-term betting track record is for, for me to, I don't want people to, like you said, I don't want people tailing this guy and in, in whatever, just because we mentioned him on the podcast, but um yeah, I mean, it's like screaming, where's my interview? Why aren't people talking to me? Like calling out other media outlets for not wanting to interview him and things and stuff like that. And I don't know, that always is a weird, that's always a weird thing in a slippery slope for me, man. Like I don't, there's not a lot of, I know a lot of big betters um, and I've met a lot of big betters over the years because of the industry and the nature of everything that, that you and I have worked in for the last 20 years. And, uh, you know, those guys aren't, 
those guys aren't trying to get their name out there, right? Like they're not trying to become famous because that's how you do get limited. And that's how you do uh, run into a whole bunch of problems and different things like that. So, you know, I don't know. There's not a lot of guys jumping, like screaming from a mountaintop, like, look at me, look at me, look yeah. how awesome I am at this. Look at me, like whatever. So I don't know. Again, it's just, maybe he's just a different breed and and maybe he doesn't know the ramifications of, of what could happen. Maybe. From, trying to pull all this publicity maybe you know? he has other motivations too maybe he wants to start a tower business i mean i like i don't i don't right. know i'm not saying that's what it is but i mean yeah it, it's it is interesting that he is uh trying to get his name out there through this yeah typically they typically if you're if you're if you're as good or better as that and you're fleecing sports books you kind of want to stay under the radar yeah. right like you, you want to be able to be able to get action down at as many sports books as humanly possible, as opposed to uh, screaming from a, from a mountaintop. But I don't know. Anyway, good for him. Like we said, uh, he was able to, to do that. And um, yeah, I, uh, the UFC was this past weekend as well. I also, this was a, this was a pretty good weekend for, for all things betting wise for me. I had uh, four for four of my bets on the UFC and I went ahead and parlayed all four of those into I, I do that typically whenever I'm betting favorites in on UFC cards I'll go ahead and just parlay them all as well just in case all four get home that is what happened that was the case and so uh four for four night with a four for four parlay as well and UFC treated me well on Saturday night if you guys didn't watch there were three different title fights in that one and um look it was one of those we we took a, a week off here from the, from the pod, but I mean, it was one of those things where Brett, the, um, the big favorites were just big favorites for a reason in my eyes. Right. And so there's a lot of times here where you will find people. And I, I bring this up because UFC is going to be running, you know, several events over the next few weeks until the, the regular, regular sports get back going here again, fingers, fingers crossed. But, um, you know, a, a lot of people just want to bet plus money and they continue to want to bet plus money strictly because they think that, Hey, I'm going to turn a little bit into a lot. And in fighting, it's a one-on-one -on -one sport and yeah, freak things do happen. Sometimes you get clipped. I mean, it can happen. I'm not saying that it can't happen, but typically if it's me versus you in something and I am just far superior at that thing than you, I'm going to win against you in that thing vastly more times than not. And that's why we see some of these big lines in MMA, because some of these guys skill sets and the way that they match up against each other is just such in favor of one of the people over the other. And I know a lot of people, it was a, took a bloodbath this past week because, Hey, I'm going to take the plus 300 guy. I'm going to take the plus 270 guy. I'm going to take the plus 210 guy. I'm going to parlay all three of these crazy plus numbers and stuff. And uh, none of them got home. All the favorites won. And sometimes, you know what? It just, the favorites get home. So yeah, you, you're, you've been following MMA for a long time, very closely. Mm -hmm. You know who all these guys are. Are you, are you betting numbers? Are you betting the favorites that you feel had the advantage versus the number? How are you, how are you selecting where you want to bet the favorites? Well, it, it's, I'm pretty much just handicapping matchups, right? And then as long as the number isn't too egregious, then it's something I'll get involved in. Now, you're never going to catch me jumping in on a just a solo bet in UFC that's like if a guy's if if a person's coming in at like minus 500 or something or 600 or 700 cuz again, there is they are wearing 4 ounce gloves and and you can get clipped weird and all that. There was a fighter on the card this past week that was minus 800 
on the card. And that was just an, uh, that was just a throw in add in on a parlay. Right. Because it's like, I, I would never bet that one solo. I'm not going to bet 800 to win a hundred, but um, most of the time I'm just handicapping the matches feel like how they're going to play out. I, then I just kind of put it to the odds and say like, okay, how many times out of 10 is this ever going to go against me here? And I start kind of like running those, those, those odds here and running those calculations. And, you know, more times than not, the longer you wait, the better price you get whenever you're going to be betting favorites, especially in fighting. You see this a lot in boxing as well, because uh, the casual money is nearly always going to be on the underdog. And especially if the underdog has any sort of story or any sort of, you know, fan following or any kind of anything like that, you're going to see that as well. I mean, hell, the greatest money making opportunity of all time, Brett, was was Mayweather versus McGregor, right? And like that was literally the best money making opportunity in the history of our lifetime. And that price got to a point where you could feel comfortable betting on Mayweather and betting a large sum of money on Mayweather because so much money was coming in on Conor McGregor. He's yeah. the more likable dude. The the plus money was huge. He's out there on the work in the microphone. He's doing all the different things like that. And that is another thing is betters that we can take advantage of is, is you know, is one of the guys a fan favorite? Is he going to get the money strictly because people just don't want to bet for, on the other guy, you know? And yeah, you know, McGregor, Mayweather is a villain. So you knew McGregor was going to get all the money in that. And it's kind of like you can see this a lot of times in UFC as well is the, you know, Jorge Masvidal in this past main event was a fan favorite, you know, a guy that used to literally fight in backyard fights. And there's, there's literally videos of him fighting in these like backyard brawls and stuff back in the Kimbo slice days. If you remember that name, you probably, you know, and and all that. And so, um, you know, things to kind of think about as we're trying to, you know, squeak out some, some money here in the sports betting game is, is how can we play the meta game as well? How can we try and outsmart? This isn't even outsmarting the books. This is just trying to outsmart the public here. I mean, they were going to have to adjust the line eventually when so much of this public money comes rolling in on some of these underdogs and some of these fan favorite guys. And we just have to be on top of that and know what we're looking out for. Yeah. That's why there's, there's people out there who don't even watch sports who just play the numbers and can be successful. You just mm-hmm. bet against the public, the public perception and recency bias. And you know, all of those things that we talk about every week and you can still make a profit without knowing anything about sports. Definitely in the fight game though, that's something to, to be mindful of. So just whenever you're, when you're doing your handicapping out there, guys, just, Think about that whenever you're doing that with these with combat sports is is where do we think if you're and especially if you're going to bet a favorite more times than not, you're going to want to hold out. Don't take the early number. You're going to want to kind of late. You're going to wait as late as you possibly can. It's a little bit of a gut feeling. Some of it comes with I've done it long enough to I know I kind of know when the public money is going to start rolling in. But rule of thumb, I would never bet a favorite more than, you know, more than 48 hours before a fight, like pretty much ever, because there's, there's always going to be casual money coming in on the underdog and you're going to get a better price than you would three or four days out, something like that. So just, uh, just take that for what it's worth heading into the Memorial here, uh, Brett, this is, uh, again, we mentioned at Muirfield par 72 is going to play about 74 50 out there. We got bent grass greens going to be a field of 133 players, with the cut coming at 65 and ties after 36 holes here. Now, we saw this course last week, but 
if you look at the people who are the experts, you look at the people who are talking about what we're going to see this week, it will not be the same course we saw last week. I guess it was like an 11 on the stint meter this past week. Apparently, it's over 13 now. And if you guys are not golfers, that is how the speed of the greens as to what's going to be going on, the thickness of the rough. They have let that grow up as well. It should penalize more for missing the fairways. And so uh, we're not going while it is the same course, it is not going to play the same. Definitely not. And I think it might play tougher than previous years, too, because of the the strength of the field and the kind of the major feel going into the week. They're making it tougher than past years. Long, I mean, the, the longer rough, the faster greens. Just listening to some people who are in Dublin, Ohio this week, it doesn't sound like they've been watering the greens like they normally do. So it could play faster for sure. But we don't know how much tougher it's going to be. So like, if, if you're building a stat model, maybe add a little more weight to like bogey avoidance and, and tougher conditions, but I'm not going to get cute with it. This is still the same course. Um, so we do have a lot of history to look at and, and analyze going back a long time. Yeah. I mean, what did you notice from, what did you notice from this past week? I think one of the things I noticed this week, and, and the, I guess the thing that jumped out to me the most is if they're going to make these roughs way tougher to play out of, the guys that were missing the fairways and and trying to play into these holes out of the kind of the thicker stuff. Now that very that that first cut, guys were fine and everything was mm-hmm. fine and you were reaching everything in two and and all that. But like once it kind of got into the thicker stuff, it, it was it was real tough to make birdies. And so if they're going to make it worse on guys this week, I think I really am going to value guys that are able to to keep it in the fairway. I'm going to value these dudes that are just going to be making it easier on themselves trying to go into these really fast greens and being able to stop the ball and being able to put as much spin on it as they want to and maybe find my I might find myself avoiding some of these, you know, bombers. I know this I know that golf has been a sport where we have seen bombers basically is something that you and I bring up every single week whenever we're talking about this. But I mean, I I guess we do have a little bit of a preview from last week. And I think if it's going to play tougher, I might, uh, I might not be looking at bombers this week, actually. Yeah. And this isn't really a bomber course. Like it's longer than the tracks we've seen since the restart, but you don't win with length. Like just looking at last week, I mean, it's, it's basically the same, the same course as last week. It's a little bit longer, but only two golfers last week averaged more than 300 yards off the tee. You win this tournament with irons, and especially now, well, I guess with, with, the, with the rough longer, I, I guess, you know, it puts a stronger emphasis on finding the fairway, like you said, but still, I mean, this is an iron course. You win by hitting greens uh, and putting yourself in position close, like close proximity to the hole as possible because it is, and especially this way too, when the, the greens are likely to be faster. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm looking a little bit more at, you know, like fairways gained as a, as a stat this week. But still, I want guys who are, are great with irons, as we saw last week. Morikawa and Thomas were just immaculate with their, with their irons, and that's why they were there at the end. If you guys are looking for some feature groups, there are some powerhouse groups that are going to be going off on Thursday, uh, starting at 8 o'clock in the morning. 
Bryson DeChambeau, Colin Morikawa, Kawa, Patrick Cantlay, 817, Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, and then Dustin Johnson. You want to talk about a powerhouse <laughs> group? Then in the afternoon at 106, you got Phil Mickelson and Justin Rose are going to be going off with Shane Lowry. And then at 117, you are going to get the group everyone's talking about, Roy McElroy, Brooks Kepka, and Tiger would so you can see some massive massive powerhouse groups of course that one in the morning brett isn't going to get near as much uh publicity as the rory tiger brooks group but justin thomas xander shoffley and dustin johnson is a group of death right there and that will be one i will be glued to the stream because as you mentioned we won't be able to watch the friggin' thing on television because they don't show the stuff early but i'll at least be glued to the stream watching that grouping with uh, Thomas Shoffley and, J- and DJ. Yeah, these featured groups are awesome. But the, like, how could you not put together these loaded featured groups with this field, though? I mean, this is this is statistically a better field than majors over the past few years. This is a master's field. Um, it, the Rory Tiger-Brooks pairing is great. I have to wonder, and I'd like to get your take on this, I have to wonder if this elevates Brooks's game playing with Tiger. Like, we know this dude thrives when he's motivated and what better motivation than playing with the greatest. So that could be fun. I I could totally see Brooks leading after the first round playing with Rory and Tiger. Definitely. And and I guess we'll, we'll see here. um, We'll dig in kind of Wednesday evening. This is one of the things that I also do whenever I'm making kind of last minute adjustments, last minute tweaks, last minute bets. And I know you do this, Brett, not only from your betting standpoint, but from your DFS standpoint as well, guys, like, there are guys, uh, not as much information as usual coming out because the, the situation that we're in right now, but you know there will be guys who will be putting out late night reports on Wednesday evening as to kind of like the conditions for mm-hmm. the different flights, whether you're going off in the morning or going off in the afternoon. And so just um, be sure and kind of like do your, do your scanning around on that. Look around on, on Twitter. You'll be able to find those people. You'll be able to find those guys that have that inside information as to kind of how the conditions are going to be morning compared to afternoon and, and make your adjustments accordingly. Because as you mentioned, Brad, I mean, like as much as we love – uh, Thomas, Xander, and DJ, maybe it's going to be much tougher in the morning than in the afternoon or vice versa or something like that. And that's how we can go about at least making our first round bets. And then we can adjust accordingly from there as we move forward into the tournament. Yeah, definitely. We saw we saw last week weather impacted. I think it was the l- early afternoon on Friday. Some of the guys just got wrecked when they came back from the the, the whatever, how long the delay was. But yeah, weather definitely has an impact. You want to keep an eye on that stuff. And it's hard to do it days in advance. So definitely take a look at it like Wednesday night. And then again, Thursday night, looking at Friday. That's that's really where you can find an edge with, with some of these matchups. So the big question this week is going to be to Tiger or not to Tiger. We're looking here at DraftKings. If you wanted to bet Tiger Woods, 25 to 1 for him to win. Four and a half to 1 for a top five and two and a half to one for a top 10. Unlike the majority of the players in the field here, Brett, we have seen pretty much everyone else that is any, you know, any sort of name. All the guys that we have mentioned here, as far as these featured groupings, we've seen play JT, DeChambeau, Rory, Cantley, DJ, Rom, Hovland, Morikawa, Xander, Webb Simpson, all above Tiger when it comes to odds as far as winning outright. And then you get to Tiger and Brooks Kepka. Hideki Matsuyama and Gary Woodland 
coming in in that next kind of tier there. Tiger Woods also to make the cut. Yes, minus 278. No, plus 185. I have to admit dangling the plus 185 carrot in front of my face for the no is minimally tempting. <laughs> I'm not saying that Tiger's going to be bad, Brett. I am going I am saying we have not seen him play in a long time. He has not played competitively in a long time and all of these other guys have and not only that, this is again as you mentioned a killer killer field. I mean, as deep a field as you're going to see for a non-major and um he's going to have some really stiff competition. I'm usually a guy who just completely fades Tiger because his popularity inflates his price in these markets. And we're already seeing money pour in on on him at DraftKings. I think they sent over some data yesterday and Tiger's by far taking the most bets and handle. So my natural process would be fade him again because like you said, we haven't seen him play competitively in such a long time, but he crushes this course. He's won five times here and he's brilliant with his irons. So he's a great course fit. He's just, I can't, I can't bet against him making the cut this week. I just can't do it. Like his, his experience, his success at this course is too strong. I actually wouldn't be shocked if he just won this week either. Like he won't have the sideshow distractions that follow him around every time he's playing. This is just about golf. And with all the narratives going into the week, chasing his 83rd win, which would be a record at the course where he's had such incredible results, he's going to be laser focused. And that's not when I want to bet against Tiger Woods. So I would, I would just lay the minus 278 here because I, I, can't, I can't see him missing the cut. I just can't see it this week. The other thing that is, if, if you do want to bet on or fade Tiger, whatever your whatever you decide is going to be your position this week, you're going to be able to do it a lot more than you normally would be able to do. Because again, with the limited markets to bet on out there, one of the things the sports books have done is they're literally just standalone Tiger bets at pretty much every one of the major sports books out there. If you go to DraftKings, you can literally click on a tab that says Tiger Specials, Tiger Woods to birdie starting hole, Tiger Woods to hit his fairway in the starting hole. Willie would do whatever. Then you can bet on his round one length of drive, you know, longest drive in round one, 315 and a half yards. And then there's several other yes, no bets you can make for a round one. Then there's full tournament bets for Tiger Woods. Literally, will he hit a ball into a water hazard? Will he have a bogey-free round? Will he ever have three consecutive birdies? Like all of the different things like that. Tons of those. You go over to FanDuel, same difference. It literally says Tiger Memorial Specials, have everything like that. Will Tiger lead after every round and win? And Brett, you would be able to get 100 to 1 on that. So basically, if you think Tiger can go wire to wire, you can get 100 to 1 odds. Yeah, I think I'll pass on that one. That one you'll pass on. That one you're not going <laughs> to. That's just that not, one you're not going to take. That's never going to happen. Come on. Like that one. Shoot all four round. All four rounds in the 60s is also available at FanDuel. You're getting plus 1220 on him shooting all four rounds in the 60s. That one I can get. That one I, I'm a little closer on. I could see that happening. And then they have uh, the same thing over at uh, over at BetMGM, over at, over at uh, FoxBet as well. I mean, they're just uh, they're cranking out the look, and, and rightfully so, right? I mean, this is the biggest name in all of golf, and of course, you're going to take advantage of him being back. And there's going to be some some things, some bets that are just you know around nothing but Tiger. So be sure and, and take a look at those. But you know, this is one of those times, and we we say this 
often, Brett, but look, I mean, I think a lot of people are going to be interested in this golf tournament mm-hmm. with Tiger coming back. Guys, if you're in Colorado, if you're in Pennsylvania, if you're in New Jersey, if you're in Indiana, if you're in any of these states where you have multiple options, go to the lines, go ahead and sign up. Here's the thing. You don't even have to deposit. Just go ahead and sign up at all these books so you have the account process already done. We have the very best sign-up offers that you can possibly get. They will be available to you when you decide to make that deposit and all that. So be sure and sign up through our link so that you have that. But this is where you really start to to, to shop around because, I mean, all these books are competing for your business. They know that this golf tournament is going to be incredibly popular amongst casual betters and even, you know, even not even, let's, let's say not even casual betters, just non-golf betters. I mean, there are people who are, football betters, basketball betters, baseball betters that don't really necessarily bet golf all that much, but are going to be interested in a, in a tournament like this. And we're seeing numbers, you know, change all over the place. I mean, again, we mentioned he's, he's 25 to one over at DraftKings. He's only 22 to one to win over at, at BetMGM. So if you only have an MGM account, you're missing out on a lot of money that you can make if you were able to have a account over at DraftKings and bet over at DraftKings and then the same deal over at some of these other books as well, where you're able to find just different numbers, different ways that you can go about betting this if you want to and take advantage of all that stuff. Because again, I mean, leaving, there's just no reason in the world to leave 22 to one. I mean, 25 to one on the table, just because the book that you currently have an account at is sitting at 22 to one. Here's a fun one. I'm looking at DraftKings right now. They have an odds boost for Tiger to make the cut. What do we say it was? Minus 278 right now to make the cut? Right. DraftKings has an odds boost for plus 125. That's free there money. You there you go. There you go. Like stuff like that is you just can't pass up. You know, you literally, you just cannot pass up on those. Max so bet of $50, you, but still don't. Yeah, you, ha- you just have to bet it. Just bet it blindly. So be sure and... Be sure and take take advantage of those. And, and they're probably going to have even more pop up between now and, the, and oh, yeah. the time that they tee off. So just just be sure that you have your notifications and stuff on on that as well. So let's take a look here um, at some of these. Uh, another one of these that kind of pops off the page here. Brett's kind of on Tiger. I'm leaning a little more towards the fade side here, but I'm not going to have a lot of action on Tiger one way or the other. I'm not, I'm not going to be uh, – on or off him this week. Going to want to see a body of work here before I get involved. And I like as much information as possible when I can have it. And we do have a lot of information on a lot of these other golfers, including the guy that's playing better than anyone in the world right now. And that's Bryson DeChambeau. We're getting plus 138 on a top 10, Brett. Do we just go ahead and take the free money? Man, the the Bryson dynamic is so fast fascinating because here you have a former winner of this event. He won two years ago. But the Bryson from two years ago, that style of golfer might be more suited for this course. Like, like you said, you don't win at Merrifield Village by outdriving everybody. So like, can Bryson win with his irons and, irons and wedges? Of course he can. But now that he's won seven or he has seven straight top tens, you're paying such a steep price for him to win to top five to top 10. So I think I, I think I'd pass on it this week. The field is too good. I don't love the fit for him here, even though really Bryson is course proof, but this is more about the price. And I know I said last week that we might still be getting value on him, but the field is just too good. And you're, you're only getting plus plus one thirty eight for a top 10 is I'd rather just take Rory at plus plus one sixty three. 
Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting deal for me. This is one of those uh, a situation where I can't believe I would say anything about fading to- uh, Bryson DeChambeau. And I'm not saying fade. I would not. I'm, I'm not saying fade at all because you've been, well you've been printing. You've been printing Bryson top tens. Yeah, I mean, I've been using them over and over and over and over again. These prices now though have gotten pretty egregious. I mean, I I I put the 138 out there because that's the best one going, yeah. and that's at DraftKings. Top 10 at FanDuel is plus 110. Top 10 over at Foxbet is plus 125. So, I mean, we're talking, that is the type of numbers we are getting uh, on this guy. And and here's the weird part. It's kind of justified because he he just goes out and rolls top 10s every single time he steps on the course. And they're like, hey, we can't let dudes who have figured this out just continue to beat our skulls in and, 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 you know, again, I'm not a world beater and I'm not guy that's betting, you know, five figures on, on these types of things, but it's been very, very profitable just betting him top tens. And then now these numbers have sunk to where they've sunk to. And, you know, I don't know. I, maybe I'll have a little taste, but it is, uh, it's certainly not going to be near as profitable as it has been over the last month. It's going to be really painful when he just crushes this tournament. I have like zero exposure after top, <laughs> like we've been pumping this guy up for so long. Like I've been saying, he's the best player in the world. He's the best player in the world. And then I fade him this week and he's just going to win the tournament. That's just, that's just, it's just going to happen. It probably, you know, <laughs> it, it probably could happen, but I know that you are on a guy that uh, let's go ahead and I'll do my victory lap again. Oh my God. Win the bet from last week. I uh, <laughs> are you sure it was Kepka versus Rose? It was, Why was I thinking it was Hadwin versus Rose? We talked about Hadwin. Like we, t- we talked about Hadwin too, but that was that was further down the list. I think we talked about Hadwin and, and Woodland in that fifty range, but it was definitely Kepka versus Rose. And you can't take a like, take a victory. It's lap, a winning it's ticket. A it's a winning short... ticket. The ticket cashes. It doesn't matter. Kepka ticket cashes. Was terrible <laughs> last week, man. <laughs> Ticket cash is my friend. So there we go. When we're all able to be around each other again, drinks are on you. Um, But you are going back to the Justin Rosewell this week. And we talk about bounce back spots, guys, and some very talented players. Justin Rose at DraftKings, 60 to 1 to win the tournament, 11 to 1 for a top five, five and a half to 1. For a top 10, you are getting Rose here again, still one of the talented and most talented players on tour, 60 to 1, Brett. And I know that you are going to be back on the train here. Oh, yeah. Like I was all over Rose last week, and he had what was most likely the worst two days of golf of his entire career. The man shot an 80 on Friday. He could not stay out of the water uh, and missed the cut by like 90 strokes. And the results. His outright odds to win this week at the Memorial on the same course have dipped from t- plus 2,600 last week to, like you said, plus 6,000. Yes, it's a tougher, tougher field, but that is a massive drop from week to week on a course where he is second all time in career earnings behind only Tiger. Like his course history here is amazing. So now you have to figure out if there's something wrong with Justin Rose. Like how has he looked since the restart? Not great. He finished third at Rocket Rocket Mortgage. He finished 14th at the RBC and then back-to-back missed cuts, including last week. He was a disaster. Um, Any major changes to his game? Yes, there actually have been. Like, he cut ties with his longtime swing coach during the break, so that could potentially be impacting his game. He also changed his equipment sponsor, so maybe that is throwing him off a bit. But I I don't think it's enough to warrant such a huge swing in his odds this week, he is still one of the hardest working, successful players on tour. So I expect a rebound this week. 
And like these are the spots I tried to identify, both betting and in DFS. The public perception on Rose has completely changed after one bad week, and we've seen such a such a huge shift in these markets. Um, so look, if Rose goes down again this week, he's taken me with him. I'm all over <laughs> Justin Rose again this week because the price is too good. 60 to one on a guy who has, he's the second best golfer at this course all time. Let's go ahead and point them in the, even the best direction here over at FanDuel 65 to oh one. So, he keeps dropping um, then. So 65 to one over at FanDuel. So if you want to get involved on Justin Rose, go ahead and take the extra cash, take the better odds. And as we said, just go click the links over at the lines and you can get easily sign up for these deals. You're going to get free bets out of this stuff and free money and, and sign up bonuses and all that anyway. So you might as well do it. But uh, 65 to one for him over at FanDuel. I don't mind that at all. I actually jumped on him. Uh, I did not get here in Vegas, not getting as good of odds as I would be able to get elsewhere in the world. Of course, in Vegas, I don't have DraftKings and FanDuel and FoxBet and and all that. So uh, I am on him at 55 to 1. I still um, like that, was, though. Was not able to get anywhere close to those numbers that are that are still available out there. Rest of rest of country right now. But um, yeah, 55 to 1. I was on Rose. Uh, same deal here. I just, uh, the number doesn't match the skill set. And so I'll go ahead and and play that as well. One of the other bets that kind of jumped out to me as well is you can bet these uh, nationality bets and and you've seen these. And I think these are some of these ones that we that have, have looked at from time to time, but you know, when one kind of really stands out at me, I, I, these are the ones that I kind of try to jump on here. And, you know, we have been, what would you, how would you, I mean, Workhorse, I guess, is not really. What do you say about Sung JM? I mean, like the guy, is it bad maybe that he never takes a week off here, Brett? I mean, like he's all the way down at 70 to one to, to win the tournament, but you know, you can bet him just against his fellow countrymen and still get him at plus money against, you know, a field here that isn't incredibly all, you know, really all that strong here. It's basically going to be between him and Matsuyama and you're getting four to one on Sung JM to be the top Asian player. I feel like he should be taking more time off because he's not in the best shape on tour. Right. I mean, he's, he's kind of rotund, right? He, yeah. So maybe he should be taking more time off, but you got to love the hustle. I mean, he's out there every week doing it. He has not looked good of late. I watched, uh, he was in one of the featured groups last week and he did not look sharp. So I wonder if maybe fatigue has taken over. Uh, we might have to, to to place a bet here because I really like one of the other Asian players. Uh, I like Benny Ann again this week. I know we talked about him last week and he was pretty bad. But um, around the same price, Benny Ann plus 500 to be the top Asian player. So uh, we might have to put a little money down on that one. All right. All right. That might, that'll might that be our that'll head be to head bet, this week. Yeah. All right. You get him. I'll, uh, I'll take him. You take on. And then we'll uh, we'll be even. On this one, if not, and then uh, if not, you're just going to owe me all oh the drinks. God, all the time. drinks, yeah. yeah. Ne ne next time we see each other. Um, but yeah, I, I do like some, kind of looking at some of these nationality bets as well, things that you can go in and, and take a look at and make sure that, you know, you're all these offerings, like they are giving you more offerings than they typically give because there are nothing else to bet on. So be sure and dig through these things and see if there's anything that jumps off the page to you. Now, what we're starting to see is some massive movement in these matchups, Brad, and like, I don't have a huge, you know, I don't have a, a, a huge lean on some of these, but I'm just, just wanted to point these out to the, the people out there. I mean, 
Justin Thomas is now a minus 137 favorite over Rory McIlroy. You're getting plus money on Rory McIlroy. Yeah, plus 110 in a head-to-head here between Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy. And we talked about how well Bryson DeChambeau has been playing. Don't get me wrong, but Patrick Cantlay has also been one of the more consistent players on tour. Bryson now a minus 150 favorite over Patrick Cantlay. Cantlay coming in at plus 120, one of the other uh, ones that kind of stood out to me as well whenever we were talking about, you know, these uh, these head-to-heads. Is, is, again, Finau, Tony Finau has not looked the best at all. Like, it, you know, his form hasn't been the greatest in the world, but Gary Woodland minus 134 favorite over Tony no Finau. Way. You're getting plus 110 on Tony Finau. So I think a lot of people are looking at, at recent, results here brett and they're just going in and saying like oh well this guy would play well for two weeks so he's obviously better than this other guy and we're starting to see some of these head-to-heads and these odds get out of hand here so i could not recommend enough if you live in these markets where you are able to take advantage of these uh of these odds and these head-to-heads to be sure and look at these things if you see a number that just looks, sometimes you, we talked about, you literally just talked about this 10 minutes ago on the pod. Sometimes we bet things strictly for the number. And even if you think for sure that Bryson DeChambeau is a better player than Patrick Cantlay, and there'd be no way in the world for us to argue that, he is not minus 150 better in a head-to-head situation than Patrick Cantlay is playing right now. Patrick Cantlay is still one of the more consistent, better players in, in the world. And oh, so and he, he won some, here last year too. Yeah, like so sometimes <laughs> sometimes we just play a number, even if we don't necessarily think that it's, you know, that one guy is definitely better than the other or whatever, but the, the price has gotten to a point where you say, okay, I, I'm just going to take the other side. And so there's some of these, again, that have gotten out of control. And I love Justin Thomas as much as the next guy, but minus 137 and a head-to-head against Rory McIlroy and getting plus money, plus 110 on Rory McIlroy that's just a blind bet of the number for me. Yeah, you know? that's crazy. I mean, that's just that's just a blind bet of the number for me, and I'm gonna be on. I'm gonna be all over a lot of these. Yeah, I love that one. I, I think Roy has the best chance to win this week. I think he's gonna after the week off. I think he's gonna win this tournament. I, I love the price on Rose, but I think Rory has much better chance of winning. Uh the the Fino one too. I think is great. You want a guy who shows up and can defend himself against these tough conditions? That's Fino. That dude does mm. not make bogeys. Uh, in these tough, I mean, just look at his track record at the Masters and some of these tougher tournaments. So yeah, I love I love Fino there against Woodland too. Um, but yeah, some of these plus plus money bets are are really juicy. Yeah, really really juicy out there. I mean, I think you're I think the one if you love Justin Rose as a bounce back this week, you're getting even money on him against uh, Jason Day. Oh, wow. Jason Day minus one twenty over Justin Rose. So and that's um, like leverage too because Jason Day coming off his best performance he's in. the I best he's even... looked in like forever i was about to say like literally in forever so like you're getting the the like the worst of rose against the best of day and you're getting plus money on rose yeah i'll take that yeah so just uh another way guys to definitely uh go in and try to attack all of this and i mean you know the other one that really stood out to me and it, uh, there's just again this is just a blind bet tiger Minus two ninety five over a plus two twenty five Phil Mickelson. I mean, it, it's just 
we have no idea hmm. what kind of form Tiger's going to be in coming out of not playing at all. And, you know, look, Phil has flashed at least, you know, since we've come back and started playing here. But again, that's just a blind bet for me. I mean, plus 225 when I at least have a known entity and a dude that's played a couple of competitive rounds and uh, and one that has not, I mean, three to one favorite for Tiger over Phil in a head-to-head match. I mean, come on. Come that's, on. That's insane. Come on. Yeah. You know? That's on. that's a real, that's the most surprising price that I've seen here in these matchups. Yeah, that, that one is the other one that really, really jumped off the page to me. So, guys, scan through those. You're going to find some values and and be sure and take advantage of those as well. So, Brett, let's just, uh, before we move on to the to the World Series of Poker here, who wins the tournament this week? I'm going with Xander Shoffley. Um, okay. This is a dude that had, we talked about all the things that um, that we like in a player in this tournament. And, and Xander possesses every single one of those deals, possesses every single one of those characteristics that we're looking for here. And again, another guy that I think because of such the high level of play of so many other players, I think kind of gets lost in the shuffle because he doesn't win all the time. You know, like he's not a dude that's, but he is. If you just go look, look at those leaderboards, look at the top tens, look who's in the mix going into day three and day four of these tournaments. And Xander is there more times than not. And getting him at down at 25 to one, to, to win this tournament, being able to take advantage of those type of odds. That's where I'm kind of looking here. A little bit of a longer shot for me, Abraham Answer, another guy that I just have, have really kind of fallen in love with. Maybe this is more of a man crush pick than anything else. Uh, actually, you can get Xander at 28 to 1 over at FanDuel. Ooh. So uh, just, uh, yeah, a little, little juicier over there on FanDuel. But uh, Abraham Answer, another dude that possesses everything that I'm looking for in a player um, this week. and you know, hasn't been able to break through quite yet. And so as my long shot, going to go ahead and take him, getting him at 50 to one over at BetMGM. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to take Rory to win at, I think he has the best chance to win. Uh, it's 13 to one. I already talked about Rose. I think this is a just, it's just amazing value. If you can get him at 65 to one, Justin Rose to win at Memorial is, it's a dream. I kind of love what he did last week, just so now I can get this price. Uh, it's it's pretty amazing. And I guess, you know, I was really heavy on Leishman and Benny Ann last week, and they were both terrible as well. So I guess there's about <laughs> bounce back spots for Leishman and Ben Ann this week. Not to win, but like top top 10 for Leishman, top yeah. 10, top 20 for Ben Ann is where I would go. And those, and listen, if you want to make a profit betting golf, betting these top 20s and top 30s and top whatever, yeah, it's not sexy. You're not posting your ticket on Twitter and screaming, interview me. But uh, what you can do is make it to where you can afford to bet some of these these outrights because you're you're grinding along and, and then you, you, you're, you hit an outright every now and then and then you just grind along in some of these 20, top 20s, top 30s, top 40s, those type of deals. And, and that's how you're afforded. To, to make the outright bets without just draining your, your bankroll. And, and that's one of the reasons we talk about these head to heads and talk about these other various forms of betting, because if you just bet outrights in golf, your, your bankroll is going to be gone. Like it's going to be non-existent. That's, <laughs> like it won't be there. Or, I mean, yeah, or it could go the other way if you go on a run, but yeah, it's, it's, it's very volatile. So yeah, just, uh, you know, 
sprinkle in some of the outrights, but you should be betting matchups in like top 10s, top 20s, mostly, I would say. So the World Series of Poker is rolling on, as we have talked about, in a online-only format. If you guys have been following along, a lot of the super big names in the poker world are making, you know, this online series a priority, making a lot of deep runs, making a lot of caches. Daniel Negreanu is cashed, it seems like, in just about every single event that's that's happened. He hasn't really uh, made a run at a bracelet yet, but certainly has made a lot of deep runs in these tournaments and all that. But um, I think the f- best story that has come out of the online World Series of Poker, Brett, so far has been this guy that won the $1,500 event playing in a Whole Foods parking lot this past week. And it was because he lives in New York. And as you guys know, you have to be in the state of New Jersey if you want to be able to play. You have to be physically located within the border. They geofence you. So if you're in New York, they know it and you can't play. So Guy drives over there, and I guess there's free Wi-Fi in the parking lot of Whole Foods, and yeah. he ends up like going super deep in the tournament, and then wins the damn thing. The, 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 this WSOP online has already given us given us some pretty <laughs> awesome moments because of Twitch and YouTube and social media. Like poker players are streaming and taking video from their couches at home. They, they're giving us access to their winning moment. It's been great. This one, though, this Ryan DePaulo <laughs> winning a $500 tournament for 160 k and his first gold <laughs> bracelet from a Whole Foods parking lot in New Jersey is the best yet. Doesn't have a hotel. He just drives into New Jersey, just intends to just play all night, drive back home when his tournaments are done. And he took this one down. I have to believe this is the first ever World Series of Poker bracelet ever won from inside a car. It may have been done before because they have had WSOP online bracelet events in the past, but it probably right. is the first ever. Anyway, it probably is. And even if it isn't, we're going to say it is because you're not y'all aren't going to be able to find out whether it is or it isn't. So yeah. we're going to say, yes, it is. And it is just an amazing story. But uh, as Brett mentioned, guys, if you're if you are interested at all, there are a lot of people streaming their tournaments, a lot of people that are giving you kind of an inside look as to what's going on. And there are some high dollar tournaments. There's a thirty two hundred dollar buy in last night that a lot of people were streaming. And, you know, some of these super high end players give you some insight as to how they're they play and why they play. And you start to realize real quick that the game is passed you by and that you're not thinking on the same level as them i actually watched a little bit of matt Berkey's stream last night brett and like hearing him talk through some of the hands and some of the things that were going on i was like i'm real glad i don't make a living playing poker anymore like i've always considered myself a good player but when you like you said like when you watch some of these guys and as they talk through hands and in situations you just realize that like you can't you can't compete at the top level you're just not gonna no. get there i don't have the mental capacity or no like I just don't have it to, to compete with these guys. So I was like the first when I was in, when I was playing for a living, I'd be the first one to be like, Oh, all these fish, all these donkeys, yeah. whatever. It's like, I am the fish. I mm-hmm. am the donkey. Now I know it now. It's so, a, yeah. it, at least, at least I'm re, at least I have uh, at least the first steps admitting it. Right. Exactly. So anyway, <laughs> thanks to Ryan DePaulo for, for taking video of this and sharing it with the poker world, because like without a live WSOP this year, so many poker players and fans have just been starving for any kind of content and excitement around poker. He definitely stepped up. Uh, so check out his Twitter feed if you get a chance. I think it's at DePaulo underscore Ryan. Uh, he posted video from his win and is generally just a really entertaining follow. I know he's a growing vlogger in the poker industry as well. So uh, pretty awesome stuff there. 
Guys, we are going to have a full MLB betting preview next week on the pod here. I mean, literally, we're going to talk about every division, all the futures, player props that we like, any kind of anything like that. So it is going to be just top to bottom Major League Baseball as they, again, things are on schedule for Major League Baseball to happen here in about 10 days. And so we are going to give you everything that we're looking at, all the bets that we have made. Again, uh, there's some of these starting to go up right now as well as some previews. Be sure and check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash play picks and be sure and subscribe to that channel so that you can get all of our free content here. Uh, put up a bet on three different rookie of the year bets that I already made that are in my account and the reasons why I made those early. Um, so be sure and check that out. And we're putting out team previews all over the place on the lines and you can get a written format and, and even some video format of the places that are going to be the hot spots for betting. So for, for this year, so be sure and check out all that stuff and we'll have a huge, huge MLB preview next week. Looking forward to it. Hopefully everything goes as scheduled and we have our fingers crossed over here at the lines. Again, you can follow us at the lines us at play picks us and get us over at Apple, Spotify, Stitcher and Google podcasts. We do appreciate those subscriptions and the ratings and reviews and helping us climb those charts. We do appreciate each and every one of you guys. For Brett, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week.